the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is pre-recorded. Opinions expressed may not reflect those of Salem Media of Colorado or its sponsors. This is Life in Colorado, a radio news magazine about the issues, events, and the unique life we live in the Centennial State. Welcome to Life in Colorado. I'm Mark Howington, and with me, I have Fran Lanzer. He is the executive director of MAD here in Colorado. So, Fran, I suppose, other than a welcome to the show, I want to ask you, what is MAD? Hi, thank you. I'm glad to be joining you again. MAD stands for Mothers Against Drunk Driving. We were founded in 1980 uh, to save lives on our roads as well as to support victims and survivors of drunk and drug driving. And since then, of course, we've seen our our mission evolve some. Uh, We are known for our work to to fight drunk driving. Uh, We helped, for example, to create the 0.08 BAC uh, illegal limit that's in effect across the country is one of our, our big initiatives. Um, so we've done a lot of work legislatively to try and save lives. A lot of people don't know that we also provide support services to victims and survivors. We're one of the largest victim services organizations in the country, uh, supporting victims and survivors of drunk and drug driving crashes. And that's something we do uh, at no charge to them. And we provide those services for as long as they, they are needed. So after a court case may have ended, uh, down the line, you know, we're there as people are going through holidays like they are now without loved ones uh, or birthdays or anniversaries. Uh, whenever they might need us, we're here for victims and survivors. Fran, I, I didn't realize there are people who, you know, because Matt has been around since 1980. And, and actually, there, there are some folks who have not been alive for that long. And perhaps they're listening right now. And so they don't really have much of a history in terms of what is MAD uh, how was it founded? I, For example, in the press release that I have in my hand from you, it founded in 1980 by a mother whose daughter was killed by a drunk driver. Talk a little bit more about that. What, what are, go, go all the way back to your origin story, and let's talk about how MAD came to be. So in 1980, MAD was founded actually by two mothers, uh, Candace Leitner, whose daughter was killed uh, by a drunk driver, and Cindy Lamb, whose daughter was severely injured by a drunk driver. And they came together and and said, this has to stop. We need to do something about this. This is not acceptable. And at the time, drunk driving laws, unfortunately, were pretty lax. It was probably just as likely, you know, if someone was pulled over and they were driving impaired, that they were going to be, you know, escorted home or maybe even allowed to continue on down the road. Uh, And so we did a lot of work. Uh, as an organization to strengthen our drunk driving laws and our impaired driving laws, and uh, to basically, you know, change our societal norms. We wanted people to know that, you know, putting other people in danger uh, by choosing to get behind the wheel, whether you're drunk or high, it's just not acceptable. And so uh, we helped create the phrase designated driver. Uh, we have our Taiwan on for safety uh, campaign that we run um, from Thanksgiving to New Year's to encourage people to drive safe, sober, and buckled up during the holidays, which are unfortunately some of our our deadliest times on the roads. 
And so we've done a, a lot of work and we've made a lot of progress. We've actually decreased drunk driving fatalities by over 50% since 1980. So hundreds of thousands of lives saved. Um, and we've you know, ser- provided our victim services to almost a, a million victims and survivors of drunk and drug driving crashes. You know, people have been so unjustly impacted by selfish choices that others have made. Uh, we're there with them, we support them, and we help guide them through the court process if needed. We help them honor and remember their loved one, and we connect them to other victims and survivors so they don't feel alone. And so that work we've been doing for, for 40 years. You know, right now is a time that uh, a lot of people are either reconnecting with MAD or, you know, we're, uh, you know, newly um, reaching out to, to a lot of people right now because because of two things. One, we have uh, more states legalizing recreational cannabis, and unfortunately, we do see an increase in impaired driving. Uh, we actually see an increase in impaired driving from all types of drugs, whether it's uh, illegal or legal, uh, prescription, over-the-counter, uh, and so we are working to address drug impaired driving in addition to alcohol impaired driving. Yeah, and that's that's I think an important point that that Matt has really brought out. It's it's not just alcohol. Uh, one of the things that you just mentioned, obviously, with marijuana being legalized, Colorado is as as the first of the states to do so has experienced this for longer, but there have been a number of states. And then, of course, there's been talk in the news lately about even a national directive to legalize marijuana that's on the table, at least, and in discussion. And and more than likely, as the tide seems to be turning that direction, may turn out to be the case that marijuana will be legalized throughout uh, the entire nation. But it's it's even more than those two. Uh, you have mentioned, for example, sometimes prescription drugs can cause certain drowsiness side effects, for example. Uh, talk about that as well, because people may not be realized, may not come to the realization that, that perhaps there are other things that they are doing or drugs they may be taking that could impair them as a driver. Certainly, you know, the opioid crisis has been in the news. Uh, a lot over the past couple of years. And, um, you know, in addition to that, just a lot of the, the painkillers that are prescribed to people, you know, after you might have surgery or something like that, uh, those are impairing and those it's unsafe to take one and drive. And some things that, you know, people need to pay attention to the warning labels that are on their prescription medicines. Uh, because I think people who would never dream of getting behind the wheel after drinking or using cannabis, they may be taking something that's in their their medicine cabinet um, and getting behind the wheel and, and not thinking about how that impairs them. And so a lot of painkillers, uh, also uh, prescription you know, sleep medications as well. Uh, really what we need to get back to is just anything that makes you feel different makes you drive different. And so we really want people to be planning ahead um, anytime. Certainly if, if you're going out to a party and you're planning on drinking or consuming cannabis, plan ahead. Uh, make sure you have a safe ride to get to where you're going and a safe ride to get home. In addition, though, if you know you need to take a painkiller, um, you also need to think ahead. Is there anywhere I need to drive today? Is there anywhere I need to go? Uh, likewise, with a sleep medication, you, know, you really hope a lot of people are, are taking their sleep medication and then going to bed. Uh, not getting behind the wheel, not running errands or something like that. 
We just need to think ahead. If we think ahead, we can save lives. It's really that simple. It's a small, easy step that we want everyone to take. Fran Lenzer is the executive director of MAD here in Colorado. And Fran, one of the things that your press release really talked about, some alarming numbers. Uh, Last year, well, 2018, I think it's the last time you have uh, the complete numbers. Uh, 1,068 lives lost to drunk driving across the country here in Colorado. That number was 37% of all of the traffic fatalities with 24 drunk driving fatalities from Thanksgiving Eve through New Year's Eve. I think this was last year. And this year's, unfortunately, is shaping up to to not be a good year because you've seen some dramatic increases in those that are impaired driving. And, and that almost seems counterintuitive, especially with COVID-19, uh, keeping people home supposedly more and, of course, bars being closed and things like that. So talk about that trend, because I I really am finding that disturbing. Definitely. I think there are a couple things going on. One certainly is with fewer people on the roads, the the speeds on our roads, uh, especially on our highways, have just shot through the roof. Uh, And so um, people are driving faster. You combine that with impairment, that's going to lead to disastrous consequences, whether we're talking, uh, you know, lives being taken or, you know, people suffering devastating injuries, um, you know, from that, you know, from, from someone's choice to drive impaired. So uh, that there's certainly that part of it. Uh, we have heard anecdotally from our law enforcement partners that they're, they're seeing more cases with really high BACs uh, and more repeat offenders. And so they're, you know, we, they're, they're starting to be more research about the substance abuse issues, mental health issues that the pandemic is bringing forward in our society. And so we're definitely seeing one of those impacts, I think, on our roads um, with people choosing to drive impaired, unfortunately, from from drugs or alcohol. And so sadly, even though the the amount of traffic on our roads are down, uh, and I believe the number of overall traffic fatalities is down slightly, the number of impaired driving fatalities is up. And here in Colorado, as of November 24th, we have already passed, you know, this year's total has already surpassed the 2019 total, you know, with more than a month to go uh, in the year. So really concerning to us to see uh, those fatalities going up that, you know, on top of everything else that we're living through, that people are making the choice to drive impaired and that lives are being taken on our roads. So in addition to working to Get the word out to get people to please, please plan ahead. Please take this step to make sure that you're safe and that everyone's uh, safe on our roads. We are also working very hard to make sure that we are providing support to victims and survivors who have been impacted during this time. You know, it's it's really, I think every life taken by impaired driving is just heartbreaking. It's uh, also just so sad to think about people who they're not able to really mourn their loved ones uh, the way that we, we normally would, right? You know, that there would be a, might be a big funeral, but we can't do that right now. Um, trying to go through the court process is so incredibly frustrating. Um, you know, hearing dates changing and some you have to call in on. Sometimes they're uh, over video. Um, sometimes they are in person. Um, and so we're trying to, our victim advocates are working so hard right now to engage victims and survivors and to make sure that their voices are heard in the court process, 
Uh, and that they have the support they need. We started a new online support group um, that's been uh, really well attended, and that's one of the ways that we're trying to innovate to make sure that we can still support victims and survivors during this time. Fran Lanz here again, Executive Director of MAD here in Colorado. Fran, I'm going to take a little detour. I'm going to leave your organization just for a moment and talk about Alcoholics Anonymous. And part of the reason why I'm going to bring this up is because in a previous conversation you and I had an interview a few months back, um, I admitted that I was an alcoholic at one time and had uh, been guilty of driving and drinking, uh, something I regret very much now and so thankful that I wound up not hurting someone. But unfortunately, it can happen. The reason I'm bringing up Alcoholics Anonymous at this point is with COVID, a lot of what's gone on is support groups have not been able to meet in person. But in case you're wondering, I do want to let you know that Alcoholics Anonymous is still meeting and a lot of those meetings are happening virtually. And there is, an, if you just go to, for example, your app store on your phone, you can actually find a, a place where you can download an app that will tell you all about the meetings that are happening right around you. For example, I could go to my app in my phone right now and, and type in my location, give my zip code there, and it will tell me all the meetings that are about to start. Like it's 11 you know, 30, for example, that will start. And if so, I can then attend them either in person or a lot of times they're offered online. And Fran, part of the reason I'm bringing it up at this point is you said plan ahead. And one of the things that I think is important to plan ahead is to know who you are. You know, if you're if you're struggling, don't be, you know, one of the things about recovery is don't be afraid to admit, hey, I really do have a problem here and I, I need some help. I need I need someone to come along and support and help me out. And so I think one of the ways, Fran, that we can plan ahead is just to to say, okay, uh, maybe I'm in need of, for example, an Alcoholics Anonymous meeting. I did my recovery through Celebrate Recovery. There are all kinds of options out there, Fran, and, and it's my hope in saying this to someone who could be listening and and take advantage of the help that's available is we may prevent them from becoming one of those drunk drivers that hurt someone else and so i'm going to ask you a question and and just we're we're going to pause for a moment I, I i think friend what i want to ask you to do and hopefully not putting you on the spot but just just pretend for example you're sitting down across the the table maybe with a cup of coffee with someone like me who has been guilty of drinking and driving before and and maybe if you could if you could just somehow convince that person not to drink and drive or not to drug and drive not to drive impaired what would you say to them well we actually have uh, these conversations all the time and we we have a victim impact panel program it's an educational program for people who have gotten a DUI and the key message we tell them is we can't change what brought you here. We can't change the fact that you know you you made a bad choice in the past. What we can change, you know, when we we leave here, when we leave our victim impact panel, or you know, if um, I'm I'm sitting down across the table having a conversation, you know, from here forward, you can make the choice to make our community safer, to make our roads safer, and it's it's really by choosing to plan ahead and make sure that if if you're going somewhere and your plans do include alcohol or cannabis uh, uh, or or potentially some other impairing substance, we want to make sure that the driving isn't involved. And, you know, for us, um, we really try and focus in on that with people. I think um, when 
um, you know, someone's someone's gotten a DUI, or even if they just, you know, were to tell me, like, hey, I used to drive drunk a lot, or maybe I have a problem, or, you know, we want to really encourage to them the positive impact they can start having right away, and that's by, by making safe choices uh, and by planning ahead. And, you know, knowing what resources are out there is a, a really important part of that. Um, and um, so it's, uh, you know, both the, um, I would say the, the challenge, the frustrating part and the really hopeful part of what we do with MAD is that uh, sadly these, these 100% preventable, preventable tragedies continue to happen. And at the same time, we could completely end drunken drug driving tomorrow if everyone chose to plan ahead. And so I really hope that, you know, regardless of whatever has happened in the past, whatever choices have been made, that everyone will choose going forward uh, to make that safe choice and plan ahead. Fran Lanzer, Executive Director of MAD Colorado. Fran, let's let's drill down on this a little bit. Let's let's expand what you mean by plan ahead. Obviously, there are things like designated driver, which MAD, uh, and I didn't realize that MAD had actually originated the idea of a designated driver. So uh, I'll say good on you, mate, for that, as they say in the Deep South. Uh, but obviously, designated driver is one way, but not the only way. Talk about other ways to plan ahead. Yeah, I think the the ideal is that if you're going out, your car stays at home. So finding an option where you can leave leave your car keys and not even think you know have to worry about what's going to happen later about how you're going to get home. Make that choice when you leave your house. And so, uh, rideshare like Uber or Lyft is a really great option. Um, for those of us in cities, buses, light rail can be a really great option. Taxis are a great option. And having designated drive. Uh, and it is really important that we keep in mind that when we say designated driver, we're not talking about like the least drunk or the least high person. We're talking about somebody who's not going to be consuming alcohol or cannabis, somebody who you trust to get, get you where you're going safe and get you home safe. Uh, and so... That can be a really great solution in areas that might not have some of those other options. Um, you know, we do want to keep in mind that you know not every community has rideshare or public transportation, so there are other ways, you know, to work around it. Uh, there even, um, well, you know, in a more normal time when uh, we didn't have you know the pandemic concerns about social gatherings, uh, we would talk with people about you know having people stay over at your house if you're hosting a party. Um, making sure that they're not going to be leaving and, and driving home uh, impaired at night. So we really want people to just be, I mean, be creative, um, know your resources, know what's out there, and really try and focus in on having a way to get to where you're going and to get back uh, that's not going to involve someone potentially driving drunk or driving high. And that's, we really do, we've tried to focus in on that, really that two-way message, right? You know, Leave your keys at home, have a ride out, have a ride back. Uh, because a lot of times, you know, if someone's at a bar and they've been drinking, <clears throat> they have their car with them. Logistically speaking, there's just a lot of pressure, right? Are you going to leave your car there overnight? Can you do that? Are you going to get a ticket? Is your car going to get towed? There starts being a lot of pressure to do the wrong thing. So when you make that choice, when you plan ahead before you leave your house, then you've already decided that you're going to do the right thing later on 
because let's face it, we don't make better choices when we're impaired. Uh, we make worse ones. So before you know, there's any sort of um, celebrating with alcohol or cannabis, we really want people to make your, make your choices then so that you can get home safe. Fran, I'm going to ask you a, a question that, uh, again, I hope I'm not putting you on the spot, but uh, let's role play a little bit. I'm, I'm at a bar. You're my friend. Uh, I've had a little too much to drink. It's even starting to show up in slurred speech, all kinds of different behaviors that maybe I'm exhibiting where it's pretty obvious that I'm an impaired person right now and I'm about to get in the car and if if you were the friend, perhaps the designated driver, or perhaps you're just an observer and you happen to notice that your friend is not in good shape, so what kind of conversation would you have with that person to hopefully try to get them not to get behind the wheel? Well, there are a couple of strategies that we talk about. One is to see if you can get their keys. Because if you have the keys, you have the leverage, right? There's no way they're going to leave and drive impaired if you have the keys to their car. Uh, second uh, is to talk about options. Like, hey, you don't need to drive home. I'm going to call you a Lyft or an Uber. Or I'll get you a taxi. Or, um, you know, I haven't been dry, I haven't been drinking. I can give you a ride home. You know, something like that. Talk through some options. Try and get them to make a better choice. And then... This certainly sounds harsh. Um, I know um, the the you know last resort has to be you know calling the police um, and letting them know that someone you know has left this establishment and they are driving impaired. And that sounds harsh. Yeah, I, I get it to to call <clears throat> call the police on, on one of your friends. Um, however. If they get stopped and they get a DUI, yes, it'll be it'll be expensive for them. They're gonna have to do classes and pay fines and and that sort of stuff. So in Colorado, they would have to have an ignition interlock, a in-car breathalyzer uh, installed. Um, so there are, there are consequences there for sure. The worst consequences though is if if they happen to kill or injure somebody. I mean you're your friend will have to live with that for the rest of their lives. Um, they may also, you know, kill or injure themselves. Uh, and that's, you know, if any of those outcomes, if you're the, the person who could have stopped that from happening, you have to live with that too. And he, nobody wants that, really. Nobody wants it. And so I think the, the three, um, well, I guess I would say four strategies. One, first of all, before you're going out, Plan ahead so you're not in this situation. If you do find yourself in this situation, try and get their keys. Uh, if that doesn't work, try and talk with them through their options and try and find them a, a better way home. And then fourth, if you have to, call the cops and let them know that there's an impaired driver on the roads. And hopefully they can stop that person before they kill or injure someone. Fran, in the uh, two minutes we have left, so we'll divide this uh, two-part question, one minute each. Uh, first of all, I want you to talk about support services that you offer. You mentioned that a little bit. So there have been people who have faced the tragedy of a lost loved one through a drunk driver. Talk about what you offer for them. We provide our support services at no charge to victims and survivors of drunk and drug driving crashes. And that can include family members, friends, coworkers, really anybody that, that feels that, that impact there. 
Uh, we provide those at no charge and we provide them for as long as they are needed. And the best way to access them is our 24-7 helpline. It's 1-877-MAD-HELP, M-A-D-D-H-E-L-P. And for cases where, where there is a court case, where you know, someone has, has killed or injured uh, a loved one and, and there is a criminal court case, we help uh, explain the court process. Uh, we help guide victims and survivors through that because a lot of people have never had any experience with the court system. Uh, and so we help support them through that. Um, we also help connect them to other victims and survivors so that they can have emotional support. And we also help connect them to resources that are available to victims of crime. And the second question, Fran, would be, obviously, this organization uh, is in need of volunteers to help get the message out. So if someone wanted to volunteer, what opportunities would they have and how do they contact you? The best way to get started is to go to our website, mad.org, M-A-D-D.org, and fill out our volunteer form, and that gets the ball rolling. Um, you know, some of our opportunities are a little bit limited right now because we, we can't have in-person events. Uh, when we are able to go back to that, we have uh, in-person events throughout the year where we have volunteers helping to run like our, our 5K walk. Uh, we have volunteers that actually go into courtrooms to help monitor court cases. We have volunteers who are helping to provide support to victims and survivors. So we have a, a lot of ways that people can be involved. Uh, we also have you know, victims and survivors who share their story as a volunteer to help educate people and help encourage people to make better choices going forward. So uh, in a normal time, we have a lot of volunteer opportunities. I think now is a good time to get connected, get started, uh, so that when we do have all those opportunities, uh, you're ready to go. And again, your website? MAD.org, www.madd.org. Fran Lanzer, Executive Director of MAD here in Colorado. Thanks for being a part of Life in Colorado. If you have questions or comments about today's program, please call 303-750-5687 or email us at lifeincolorado at salemdenver.com. Life in Colorado is a public affairs presentation of Salem Media of Colorado.